All right. All right. Who, uh, who am I? It's Richard, right? Yeah, this is Rich uh, from the Commonwealth Rich. of Pennsylvania. I don't live in a state. Okay. I live in a, Pencil- in a Commonwealth. Commonwealth. Well, I appreciate you, Rich, for hanging <laughs> in there with me. Murphy has brought or has now left the building, so which I is know. great it's, because it's, he was giving us a, a go there for the last 30 minutes. So each and every one of you guys, I personally apologize for every one of you guys have been putting up with this, and uh, I appreciate you being here. I'm glad you hung in there. So let's go ahead and get into it. Go ahead, Rich, with your, with your question. Yeah, I have kind of a generic question. I, uh, in my area, I live uh, north of Philadelphia, about an hour or two north of Philadelphia, and uh, prices of homes have gone up. You won't hard to believe in the last 12 months, prices have gone up 30% in this area, and that's from mm-hmm. several different realtors. My problem is uh, when I call FISBOs, that have listed like on Zillow and so forth. Uh, right. When I offer to pay them, you know, monthly amount until I pay them off in full, I can literally hear them laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I've got, <laughs> I put my thing on Zillow two days ago and I've got 35 calls, you know. Um, yeah. People are moving out of, of uh, New York and uh, New Jersey and they're coming this way. We're right on the New Jersey-Pennsylvania border. So uh, a lot of people. So my question is, how do I find sellers that would even consider taking monthly payments for a while? Well, I tell you, Rich, this is a that's a great question, and where you're where it's happening to you is happening pretty much all over. Uh, people are leaving a lot of the big blue states that are ran by a lot of uh, other folks out there, and you know what? They want their kids in school. So they're looking for the location, location, location. It's very important about what happens with them at work, with school, and other activities when they're seeing a lot of things uh, that are functioning in other areas where they want that. So the, question, the answer is the fact that it's, it's running out of uh, uh, the right real estate. There, there's not enough property out there, so you're getting bidding wars. Me, I'm a rehabber. I rehab houses for a living. That's what I do a lot out here in California. And I can see houses going not only full asking price, but in one case, well above asking. I just had a house I sold for 130000 above my listed price, okay? And it was a nice fight to get to these houses. <laughs> Even though it's in California, yeah. people are leaving. They're leaving other areas. Like, they're leaving uh, San Francisco. They're coming down. They're leaving Sacramento. They're coming down to Southern California. And, and some of them who got the money, it's not a problem. Uh, but I see a lot of people here leaving California, going to Texas, going to Florida, going to Mississippi, going to Laurel, Mississippi, going to uh, Tennessee. They're going to a lot of other places, even Arizona, uh, going to Nevada. They're, they're trying to escape. So here's, here's how you find the property. Because even I look for these properties. I'm looking for the people who are looking for me. I'm going to tell you something. You can find the people out there, but you're not going to find them on the MLS. You're not going to find them on these big websites. You're going to have to go directly to these sellers that don't even know that their house is for sale. So how do you do that? How does Alton Jones find properties that nobody knows for sale? Not even a seller knows their house is for sale until they meet me, okay, or get one of my correspondents. So you're going to have to think way outside the box. And sometimes putting out bandit signs, putting out postcards, putting out letter campaigns, putting out emails, doing skip tracing, doing ringless voicemail drops. You're going to have to put a list together 
of motivated buyers. I'm also right now doing online ads through Google and Facebook. So if you think you're going to find a property uh, on the MLS, it's not going to happen. Not, it could happen, but it's not going to happen ideally because if it's on the MLS for any short, long, shorter period of time, it's already been picked over. So what I've done is gone directly to the sellers. I've found bird dogs. I've found people who would, would see blue tarps on the roof or high grass, high weeds, or for sale by owner signs in the front yard. Those are the people that I'm looking for because they're looking for me. Now, I can get people to give me terms on properties that they don't know because they don't have an idea that they're selling their house, okay? Um, so for the people who are out there putting it on, on, uh, on Zillow or they're putting it out there on, on Redfin or they're listening with an agent, they're just going, they, just want, they don't want the headache of listing and selling their property, so they'll just turn it over to somebody else. What I do is I go to the person and I have a conversation with them. I believe that a closed mouth does not get fed. Okay, so you're going to have to ask what you want. You're going to have to muscle it up. You're going to have to do the things that other people won't do so you can have the things that other people can't have. You're going to have to bootstrap and lace them up and go out there and go after people and know that 97% of the people will tell you no. Okay, they don't want to sell the way you want to buy. It's all about ego. I say drop the E and just go. Most people are going to tell you no, but at the end of the day, They'll tell you no, and nobody dies. That's what Ron says all the time. See, I do know this. Unless you've already talked to four or 500 people direct in a row, I mean, not like over a year. We're talking about in like a 30-day period. If you haven't talked to 400 people that had a house for sale, you ain't even in the game, okay? You're not even in the game unless you talk to all those people. Because if you think, well, I've talked to 30 people, and they all told me no, well, guess what? You need to go talk to another 30, and another 30 after that. And then another 30 after that, because at the end of the day, unless you're talking to thousands of people over a long period of time, most of them don't tell you no. Some of them tell you some, they may tell you yes, but they want full asking price, okay, and all cash. That's what they want. But that's not the way you're trying to buy. You're trying to buy on terms. You're trying to buy uh, something creative financing. So if you're going to do all those things, uh, you still there? Oh, yeah. Illusion. Okay. I'm here. So, so I'm hoping you're tracking what I'm saying because it's really unique. You have to be able to be creative, and you have to have a heart of gold and a heart of steel. And in some cases, you have to be 10 foot tall and bulletproof and know that everyone's going to tell you no until the one person tells you yes. See, if I had to talk to 450 people, Rich, and all 450 people told me no, but on that 451st person, that 451st person that told me yes, I got the deal. And I know here in Southern California, my average price point on a house that I would fix and flip is $120,000. The wholesale fee is about a $50,000 cash price. If I'm going to lease option and do pretty house, I'm making somewhere between forty dollars and $50,000. So if I'm making between forty dollars or fifty or $120,000, and I got the one person that told me yes out of four hundred and fifty, and the 51st before 50 told, 51 told me yes, everybody else would just practice. They were just practice. Get over okay, it. I, I understand. Okay. I understand that you have to stay uh, in the game and so forth. But specifically, you had mentioned uh, sending out what, like yellow letters and postcards. I do that. I'm telling you what I do. I know Ron Legrand does not tell people to go do that, but I do everything I can to be a transactional engineer. 
Now, I have the funds. What kind of list do you, do you send to? Okay, so here's the deal. Everyone is going after these foreclosures, pre-foreclosures. I don't go after pre-foreclosure. I go after free, clear, high-equity owners that are absentee. So imagine an absentee owner who doesn't live in their house. Why? Because they're not emotionally attached to the house. They own two houses, pay for two, but only live in one. So one of those houses that they don't live in is probably unemotional about it. So I want to get the person who's unemotional about their house, right, and yet uh-huh. they're either free and clear or have high equity, which means I want to sell. They don't have to sell. They're not in trouble so bad where they're underwater, they're about to lose everything because they're emotional. I don't want to deal with nobody who's about to lose their shirt, lose their house, and be on the street. I don't got time for that. I, I, I want to save the world, but I can't save everybody. And I don't want to be looked at as a big, bad, bad guy that came in there and stole their house from them. I want somebody who's an absentee owner and look at it from a business logical standpoint that it makes sense only for me to sell this house because I don't want to be a landlord no longer. Maybe they've been a landlord for 25 years, and they're tired of being a landlord. They don't want to deal with toilets and, and leaky faucets and, and so on and so forth. Or they have a vacant house that's been vacant for several months, and code enforcement is telling them about squatters in their houses, high grass, high weeds, so on and so forth. And, and the fact that they're, they're having to pay property taxes and insurance on the house, they just want to get rid of the house. Or in some cases where a owner has a mortgage on it, they want debt relief. So I'm looking for the people who has pain. My job is to ask questions because questions is like this. He or she who asks the question is in control of the conversation. Would you agree with that, Rich? Uh, yes. So you, you, you mail, uh, you do a direct mail campaign to absentee owners. Do you mail to any other lists? That's primarily the list I mail to. Now, sometimes I'll mail to a pre-foreclosure list or a bankruptcy list. One of the other things is I, re- I build relationships with real estate brokers. I, re- I build relationships with uh, attorneys who are probate attorneys as well as uh, bankruptcy attorneys. Those two attorneys, bankruptcy and probate, are key to getting into a, a niche that most people would think, oh, man, that's too much work. Great. Chalk them up. Because they think it's too much work, it's going to be a, a, a win for you. Because a bankruptcy attorney or a probate attorney is looking to dissolve the assets of their clients, right? So if I could build a relationship with a real estate agent broker or even a real estate um, uh, probate attorney, or not real estate probate, but attorney, a probate attorney who has a client that has a property that needs to be dissolved, or the assets need to be, you know, uh, the heirs need to, you know, receive that funds from the uh, from the uh, real estate or from the bankruptcy attorney. Those people there would help you uh, get deals directly. If they're knowing that you're able to buy these houses direct from the sellers, they're looking at talking to you. Now, the one thing about that is when you're dealing with those two attorneys, most of them won't do terms, okay? So if you're talking terms, that's just another way you can get deals on the contract where you can wholesale. But if you're looking at terms, you're going to be looking at the other aspect of the free and clear high equity postcards or yellow letter campaign or bandit signs you can put out there, okay, in certain particular areas. And, and, and there's an art to doing bandit signs, okay? Put them up, take them down. The sign police, in most cases, don't work on the weekend. So if you can put them up Friday night and take them down Sunday evening, that's a way you can get into a high area that may have a lot of vehicle traffic where you can get people looking at your bandit signs, okay? So you, but you have to be aware, beware of the sign police because in some areas it's illegal to do bandit signs and they'll write you a ticket or fine you uh, for, that, for that matter. But what I do, I go out there and use that list if I'm doing a mailer. One of the things that's very unique right now, Ron has a program called Ron's Deal Finder. 
Ron's deal finder can identify certain properties that may have a potential that may come up for sale. I use Ron Deal Finder to find certain deals, and guess what I do? I use the Ron Deal Finder system to send out postcards and letters. Why? Because it makes doggone sense. I'm going to get that plate spinning. If I got Ron's Deal Finder spinning, up, spinning out letters and postcards automatically, I don't got to do nothing. I don't got to mail nothing. I don't got to go to the post office. It's just push, click the button, and done. And then I'll do that system. Then I'll do a bandit sign campaign or I may put up some Facebook ad campaigns you know, using uh, Jason Drone, uh, who I'm using right now, doing my uh, Facebook and Google ad campaigns, I'm throwing anything I can to get my phone ringing. Who's they, who are they going to call? Pat Live. Why? Because my Pat Live is on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If I get them calling my Pat Live number, then I get the lead, and then I will have my VA follow up with them. Is that okay with you that I get a deal or two once a week? Okay, so to summarize, you're using Deal Finder to focus in on absentee owners um, uh, and, and any other thing with deal finder uh, besides absentee owners? Yeah. Single, I only deal with single-family residents. I know people say, well, I want these condos. I want a duplex. I want a triplex. Fine. Whatever works for you. I focus 100% on single-family homes, period, point blank. I have perfected in the last 12 years single-family house flipping. Now, I, don't, I mean, if I get a duplex, great. If I get a triplex, great. That's just icing on the cake. But I'm focusing on that owner who doesn't live in that house that's typically free and clear or have high equity and it has a single-family house that they don't want. That's 100% my focus, and we've made a lot of money doing it. And we don't, we don't try to fix what's not broken. Remember what Ron talked about trying so to you're make looking around? For, you're, using for, you're using Deal Finder to go after absentee owners that have high equity. Right. Okay, any other, uh, any other um, groups of people that use Deal Finder, any other, like, mail lists through Deal Finder other than absentee owners? I personally owners? don't. I personally don't. I mean, there's That's other the things out there you can do, but, you know, you can find – I mean, you got vacant, you got vacant properties. You know, the, they, on the Deal Finder, they have the zombie properties, the zombie property. But zombie property is nothing more than a vacant house. What did I say? I want an absentee owner. An absentee owner typically has probably got a vacant house or maybe they got a tenant in there that just moved out or stopped paying mm-hmm. them rent. But I, vacant to me means the owner doesn't live in there. So you can go for zombie-type properties too. Those are good lists on the deal finder. And you just come up with a campaign. You start, But here's the key with that zombie property. You've got to make sure you have the correct mailing address because you don't want the mailer that you're going to send out, postcard or whatever it may be, going to the, the actual location. Because if there's nobody there living there, how are they going to get the mail? So, right. you so how do you get the right address? Skip trace. You've got to skip trace. They have a skip tracing system. Get the skip, skip tracing system. You find them and, or find another, another address they may have through and skip tracing. You get another address, email, or phone number. Okay, I got you. Another thing that we don't. There's another thing we don't talk about. If you can find the name of a homeowner, guess what you can do. Find out if they got a Facebook uh, 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 a page or Instagram page. Couldn't you find people who are online that's on social media? If you got a name, now some people have the same name. If you got John Smith. Well, there's a bunch of John Smith. You got to narrow it down. So you got to be, you know, find out, okay, what other areas that this guy lived in or have property or did they own property? Once you can narrow it down and do a little, it's going to cost you a little homework to do. you got to do a little more research. 
because you don't want to mail to the wrong person if you don't need to. But if you mail to somebody and it costs you 50 cents for a postcard and you had to mail out 10 postcards that cost you 50 cents and you got one person, right, but other nine were wrong, didn't matter as long as you got, got a hold of the right person and that person decided they want to sell that property that's vacant and you got a deal. So you're talking about pennies. Don't trip over pennies on your way to dollars. If I had to waste $2 on some postage, so be it. Two dollars on some postage, but I got the deal because okay, I went so out. Okay, so when you're on Deal Finder and you search for absentee owners, and they give you the address, that's not necessarily the, the address where the absentee owner is living now. That might be the address of the vacant house. Right. So you've you got to skip each of these. You got to skip trace it. Okay, and some of these good. owners and they own multiple properties. Uh, something I'd, I'd like to share that I just started, and I'm, I'm getting some fruit out of it. Uh, field agents, you know, where you hire people to go out and take pictures yep. of FISBO signs. Yep. I just started that last week, and I've got two people now. I got like 20 people that responded, but I got two people that are actually doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they're coming up with some good stuff. And I, yeah, you know, I pay I mean, them right away. That's like, a, that's like a bird dog. Yeah, a bird dog, a field agent. Um, yeah, that's what you call them. But and Phil Nate is probably a, a more professional name. <laughs> yeah. And I pay well, them good. every day. Whenever they, whenever they email me, I, I have them email me a picture of the house, a picture of the mm -hmm. FISBO sign, and the address. Uh, that works perfectly. And uh, works perfectly. as soon as they mail it in, if it's before 4 o'clock, I give yeah. them $10 for each one on PayPal. And yeah, that's I just good. started. See? I don't know how successful it's going to be, but... You know, I don't have the time or the inclination to go traveling all around in my car right. looking for FISBO right. signs. But I got a and you should not be. And you should not be. But, hey, Rich, we got some more people in the queue we want to get to as well, but I appreciate you being patient with me. I hope that mm -hmm. stuff works out, my man. All right. Thank you so much. Keep us, keep us posted. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Next in the queue. Hi, this is, is Erica? Erica from Washington State. Erica from Washington State, thank you for the call. Thank you for being patient with us. I hope you're taking some copious notes out there. And uh, I hope that <laughs> the ones that stuck in here long enough to see me fumble through this thing will get more value out of this uh, call tonight. I hope so. Um, so my question, I, I haven't done any house I mean I called a couple of people but I was out of commission for about a month um, due to shoe hand surgery so I couldn't write or do anything um, but my question is um, because it's really hard in like the virtual summit or anything to really ask this particular question and I'm not sure if um, if you can help me but I want to find an attorney that um, pays by or charges by the form or the or the the um, what am I looking for the contract versus you know uh, where I make monthly payments or um, I pay them an hourly fee. 
how do I, I don't even know where to begin except for Google, but if, I've tried Google in a couple of times. Um, the, the attorney has never called me back. Well, I tell you, uh, here's what you got. I see what you're saying, and I appreciate the question. And um, but here's what you here's what you're looking at. There's different kind of folks out there that work for hire for different contracts. I, if I were you, I would start by um, uh, looking at. You can go to Fiverr.com, right? Fiverr.com. I'm not saying they have attorneys there or WorkUp. WorkUp.com. Uh, not WorkUp. It's Upwork. Upwork. Okay. Um, and there's different types of um, folks out there that would uh, do jobs for per for, for contract. So, so I'm not sure if attorneys would do that. I know architects do it. I know drafters do it. I know other type of contractors do it, artists do it, uh, book writers do it. What I would think you probably could do is get somebody and ask the question, Again, on Fiverr.com or on Upwork.com. And there may be a few other sources out there. I'm not sure. Maybe you can type in the question on Google, and maybe that will come up as to a list of attorneys that can do that. I do know there are services like prepaid legal that do services for a small fee where you can get questions and stuff answered per, per, um, per gig. But I'm I'm not sure what type of what kind of what type of service are you looking for from the attorney? Are you looking for him to review contracts or create a contract? Or I'm a I'm um Ron had had mentioned that um um an attorney that um would have like look up the look at the contract, make sure it's legal for our area. And then also, um, we could potentially have um, the individual who, who signs the contract, whether it be the seller or the prospective buyer who's doing a um, down payment, to go to the attorney and sign it there in front of him and then take the money for, for like me. From them. Okay, so I'll cut to the chase because I know we got more calls in the queue, but I do know what you're saying. I think one thing you can do is, one, go to your local real estate club out there in uh, Washington, okay? In your city or town, there's a local real estate investment group. You can, you can find them even on meetup.com. Go to meetup.com, okay? There's a bunch of real estate clubs, uh, real estate associations in your area that you may or may not know about. Oh, okay. And, uh, and on meetup.com, they usually have a virtual meeting, and sometimes they have live in-person meetings. And every real estate club or network association always has an attorney that's usually in their group. And if I were you, oh. I would that person. Oh, absolutely. And it don't cost you nothing. Meetup.com is free, okay? Meetup.com, that's M-E-E-T, okay? Meetup.com. Go sign up as a free member and join one of those groups. You can type in, search what groups are in your area uh, for, for your city or your state. And then usually all of them are real estate investors, whether they're fixing and flipping or wholesaling or pretty house. It don't matter. Most of those people who are in the game of doing real estate every day has an attorney 
on their team or in their group some kind of way. And that's who I would talk to before I start just perusing through, you know, online trying to find somebody. Try that out because it's always okay. going to go by a recommended person. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, no, that's wonderful. Thank you. You've given me a place to start. Well, I hope so. Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. Be safe. Wash your hands and stay your distances. <laughs> exactly. You the same. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Who we got in the call? This is Derek. How you know, Alton? Derek? Okay, so somebody, you, you must got somebody named Felicia on your, your team. And my wife. Yeah, she's right here. Yeah, there it <laughs> is. Yeah. Is she right there, too? That's yeah. okay, because my wife, my wife, she runs the phones, too, so she wants to make sure who, she, who I'm talking to uh, at all times. So <laughs> her phone, my phone is her phone, and her phone is her phone. I got that. <laughs> Where are you calling from? We are calling from North Carolina. That's what I'm talking about. North Carolina is in the house. Yes, sir. So our well, question, question? So our yes, question is, we had a caller, Marcella, call us last Thursday from a pre-proposed letter we sent, a campaign we sent out. Um, he called us out to the sixth letter. Um, the problem we have is that his auction date is this coming up Monday. And uh, coming up, His auction date is coming up when? Monday, the 17th, this Monday. Okay. And uh, he's about 15000 in arrears. Um, right. He would sell for what he owes, which is 188 k The ARV is two fifty. dollars We can probably do paint and floor for about fifteen k And we close the call, still be in and buy the house and still have about thirty to forty in, in, um, in equity after the purchase on terms. But um, what can we do? to talk to the uh, attorney to see if they can, or the bank to see if they can move the date out a little further around. Well, the, no. only, the only thing he can do to stop this action okay. is probably a BK. A what? A BK. He has to file a BK to stop the action, okay? They can stop the foreclosure action by filing the BK, Okay. Now, right. I'm not recommending that. I'm saying that's one of the things that I've seen people do is they file a, a BK. We thought mm -hmm. about that, and in doing that, um, if he does do that, can you go back and uh, stop it and say, I don't want to do the BK? Or once oh, you yeah. You could, always, you, could, you, could always, you could always rescind the BK before it okay. goes through. Okay. But here's the deal. It gives you BK to go through. What far as uh, well, it takes months for a BK to actually go through before you get for in front of a judge because the judge can say, "I don't believe you should have filed BK, so I'm going to dismiss okay. your BK." Okay. In his case, all he has to do is withdraw it. You can file it, withdraw it, and file another BK after that. So you can buy time by doing that, but it's giving you time to talk to the bank. Now, here's the key. Okay. You say this property's worth two something, right? ARV. Right. Yes. He owes how much? 188, and ARV is 250. Okay. And he owes 15 in arrears, and he'll sell for what he owes, right? Correct. Receiving nothing at the close? Correct. Okay. So if this was me and I was looking at this, I'd be moving fast because first you've got to get that bank. Who is this bank? Who, who is the trustee? Whoever yeah, the attorney oh, no, yeah. oh, no, that, yeah. 
what well, is that's a public record. If he's got a sell date, he already know who the doggone. I can find out who the doggone person is in a heartbeat. Oh, you know, you're, you're right. We, we know trustee is. Yeah, we know trustee okay, is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We have that information. Yeah. Yes, we have that. We can get that. Yes, so you have. know who that is because here's the deal: the BK date is on Monday, right? Yes. Yep. So he got between now and Monday to come up with fifteen grand, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can't refuse his fifteen grand between now and Monday. Right. So if he came up with fifteen grand tomorrow morning, boom, BK. I mean, the the foreclosure is over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bank just wants to re. Just bring it back to current. As long as right. you bring it back to current, you're good to go. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's like, that's like, I mean, think about it. You get in the house, worth 250 for 15 grand. Yes. And yes. all you do, all you do is take over debt subject to. Right. You may I think, well, all, what if they call a note due? The bank only cares about one thing, getting their monthly payment. The bank's right. in the business of renting out money. Okay, so so we got folks on the call. So some of y'all think, uh, well, does he really know what he's talking about? Now think about this, folks. The bank, whoever bank it is, bank XYZ, they give you a 30-year mortgage. You go put up 200000 They put up 200000 to buy this house. They put up 180 of it. You put $20,000 down, right? And they give you 30 years to pay them off. They are in the business of renting out money. At a yep. given interest rate, mm-hmm. and, and and because that person is not paying them, they're getting the attention of the bank, saying, "Hey, what's going on here? Everything was good for the last sixty months. You stopped paying us, and you haven't paid us in a year. What, what gives? We're gonna have to file bank. We're gonna have to file a, a foreclosure on you. If you paid the bank the money, and say I apologize. I was on hard times. Here's the money. I'm current. Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. See you in thirty years." Because as long as they're getting their monthly payment every single month or right. getting paid off, they're okay. So you may think, well, man, what about that due-on-sale due on clause? If they found out that the house was sold and the, I'm no longer the owner, and yet the bank is still getting their monthly payment every single month, do they really care about that? Not really. They don't care that the title changed too much. Now, I can tell you who does care, hard money lenders and private lenders. They don't want their borrower changing titles when unnecessary. Now, if the bank, if you think the bank is going to call the note due, then if that's what you're thinking about, then think about the law of attraction. What you think about will come about. So don't think about due upon sale. Think about getting the deal of the century because the deal of the century comes along at least once a week. This is your week. All right. Monday. This is the deal of the century. Our other question is $250,000 house. Well, if they because we need to have a title search done, and I guess the problem would be, would that be done by next Monday? Because we want to find out a title search, make sure there are other liens on the property. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like, you should be doing that now. Okay. You should have somebody on your team that can help you get that information. Because you guys are in North Carolina, so you're an attorney state. So yep. you got other attorneys. You need to have real estate attorneys that deal with real estate every day in your hip pocket to give you access to that information. So therefore, you can know what's what, who's who in the zoo at all times. So I need can you do a title search for me real quick and find out any other liens on this property other than the one that's currently in foreclosure? 
What does that cost you? Maybe some dinner. Maybe a Starbucks card. Maybe a date night. I don't know. Okay. Maybe a pat on the back. Maybe you give them the next deal. But at the end of the day, you scratch my back, they scratch yours. If you can find out that there's no other lane, yeah, there's no other lanes other than this one. This is the only thing, this guy just fell on hard times, and now everything's okay because you're coming to save the day with your superhero cape. Fifteen grand and he's out. He don't even want nothing because, like Ron LeGrand said, most people want debt relief. Yeah. This yeah. debt is, is going to be relieved that you're going to save him from a foreclosure on his record. Yeah. You're going to pay this house off when it's time to pay it off, and he's going to have good credit standing with his, with his credit being back to good standing by the time you pay this thing off and you move on to the next one. It sounds like it's a pretty good deal. Does it need a lot of work? No, it's a 15K max problem. This is painting floor. See? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Man, you'd be all over that like an ice, ice on Eskimos. Eskimo yeah. on ice or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> if I were you, I'd be right now trying to search for those people who could check. Because I don't think there's any probably other liens out there, but you, you might want to check that anyway. Right. But next thing you know is you need to know, get a contract with that guy, right? Right. Write it up. Get it in ink. Okay, get you an attorney that can make sure you can cover this thing to make sure you transfer over. But before you put up any money, that fifteen grand per se, to his bank, you need to make sure that you have your 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 warranty deed or grant deed or whatever it is already signed, ready to go to transfer it. Because you don't want to put up money to pay that bank off or that fifteen grand bring it bring it current. And he goes, Thanks for paying my mortgage for me. I appreciate it. Get on out of my face. Yep, yeah. Rick, you see what I'm saying? Yes, you don't sir. want to put up money before you have the paperwork that's going to transfer the title. Because Ronald Grant says, we don't pay for houses that we don't own. Yeah. Mm. We don't put any money in the houses that we don't own. Right. I don't care if it's a lease option. We don't put money into houses we don't own. If you have a lease option on a house from a seller, that means you don't own the house. It's rent to own, lease to own. Until your name is on title or your, 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 your corporation name is on title, you don't own that house. So don't put up money until you know that title is going to transfer. Okay. And you want to transfer with a clear title. Right. So I, I hope that was worth your wait on this call after it my debacle <laughs> in the first hour. So I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong, man, this technical stuff, see, I believe in the high touch versus just the high tech. I know we need our high tech, but guess what? I just touched you guys and showed you how you can make some big money real quick. We call that the BQM, the big quick money. Y'all need to be on it. You need to be on this thing tomorrow. You need to write that contract up tonight, ready for him to sign it, fill it, and deliver it, and have that money taken to the bank before Monday. This thing needs to be resolved before Friday. Yeah. You, know, you only got today. It's 5 o'clock now, my time, California, right? But you need to be up in the morning making sure this thing is sealed and delivered on Friday afternoon, no later. You can't go beyond Friday. It's a dead deal. Unless he's willing to file a BK this week to extend it out. He may not want to do that. Matter of fact, he may not even have any money to hire an attorney to do a BK. So that means you may have to put up money for a BK on his behalf. You can see how it can get kind of yeah. involved. And you yeah. don't want to be putting money into BKing. On, from you paying for a BK on him and ruining his credit further because then he might come after you, right? right. 
We live in a very litigious society right now. Everybody want to sue everybody. Yeah. It's called the deep pocket theory. Make sense? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good question, um, this is Felicia. So, um, so like, don't we need to determine, like, what the attorney fees are and all that stuff? Like, I know you mentioned um, knowing who the trustee is and all that stuff. So would we need to get, uh, like, an authorisa- a, a authorization release form filled out by the seller in order to talk Absolutely. to the trustee, Absolutely. You know, um, to get all that information? But yes, ma'am. You need, that's, that's a good question. You definitely need to get some critical documents. One is the sales purchase agreement contract. Two, a, a, a uh, 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 authorization to release information because you want to – because technically, here's the deal. Technically – his bank is involved, but they're not really involved because they just want the house at this point. So they hired a trustee attorney to go foreclose in his butt. Uh-huh. So you can still get that authorization to release and forward it over to the attorney. Send it to the bank. Send it to the attorney. Let them know that you have authorization to help him to work on his behalf. Okay? okay? Because uh-huh. he's probably befuddled about the whole situation. He's embarrassed. He don't know what to do. You're here to help this brother out. His friends? What do we tell the attorney? We we have we just acquaintance of his or friends of his or if they ask who we are? You're a concerned you're a concerned citizen to help this gentleman out. Right. And he's asked you to step in there and help him and his worst out. Okay. Okay. And all they care about is one thing. Do you have the money to bring it current? Yes we do. <laughs> <laughs> So you need to get that thing ironed out. Get the authorization to release by tomorrow, if not tonight. Get it signed because they're not going to talk to you unless they have his authorization. I've had this happen before. When I've done it, I had a situation just exactly as you guys have it. Attorney wouldn't talk to me unless I had an authorization letter on file. Okay, who do I send it to? What address? What email? Can can we we email it to you and then you can talk to him because you want to make sure it has his personal information on there references account number, his social security number, his property address, send it to him, send it to that attorney. That way they can verify with him that these people have authorization to speak on your behalf. Yes, they do. As a matter of fact, what you can do is get him on the line on the three-way with them mm-hmm. or be in person with him and say, hey, I authorize um, Felicia Cox or her husband to speak on my behalf. Okay. And then okay. pass the phone to you. And all of a sudden, you're in the house. As long as they have authorization, technically they want written authorization. So that's why you say, okay, if I can give it to you in writing, how fast can we get, make this thing happen so we can start talking on its behalf? Oh, we just need 24 hours, Mr. Mr. Co- Ms. Cox. Boom. Done. Done. And you move on. That makes sense? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. See? See, I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I hope I can hear about the next month that you guys have bought this house and you're making big money on it. Because it sounds like as long as you got, if you can control the seller and you can control the buyer, you can control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Because the attorneys involved care about protecting the bank, right? The bank wants a 15 grand that's behind and any other attorney fees that's involved in it. So you need to know how much is involved. He may be 15 grand behind, but what are the other administrative costs are going to be? Yeah. Right. So you exactly. can figure out what you're going to need. Right. Right. So I hope this helped you guys out a little bit. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Well, you guys take care and good luck with you on that. Stay safe. 
Wash your hands and keep your distance. All, All right. right. You Thanks, All right. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. I got Hi. Mary. Hi. Yes, it's Mary Ann. I have a couple of quick questions. You, you don't Go ahead, you ma'am. Can me, you can give me a quick answer. Um, yeah. Uh, so what is the formula to determine if it's a good option cash deal since many of the sellers want cash? Well, you know, obviously you want to use the ARV, okay? You've got to determine what your ARV, your after repair value. Usually right. that, whatever number that is, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you need to have supporting comps to know. You just can't take one big number. You want to at least get three to four comps to, to, to support that value of the ARV. Then you mm-hmm. say, okay, well, what is the repair cost, okay? And you're not, you can't just throw your thumb up in the air and guess. So you want to be very specific. That's why it's important before you start negotiating price with a seller on anything, you go visit the house to do your walkthrough, bedroom, bedroom, bathroom, bathroom, roof, kitchen, whatever, right? And you know, mm-hmm. hmm, I believe it's going to cost me $50,000 to fix this house. So you take your ARV, right? Let's just say it's $200,000, right? Mm-hmm. ARV times 70%, which Ron likes to use, that's 140000 right? 70% mm-hmm. of 100000 of 200000 is $140,000 $50,000, right? So you take mm-hmm. that number, and all of a sudden, you come up with $90,000. That is your Mayo maximum allowable offer. That's the good offer price. Now, I told you a number of 70%. In California, we only do 80% because our numbers are so big, it makes your eyes bug out. <laughs> it right. makes you, something we, we have closing costs of 30 grand that people can buy houses in Memphis, Tennessee for 30 grand, mm-hmm. all cash. So if my closing costs to pay a real estate agent a commission is 30 grand, then you, you got to know we making big money over here. We making le- no less than 100000 on a deal out here in California, okay? So, so we use 80% because we're making plenty of money on our numbers that we're sitting at with six, seven hundred. I buy houses for 600000 and rip them down to the stud. They turn around and sell them for $1.5 million, mm-hmm. okay, because I'm putting 200000 into them. Mm-hmm. So that's the deal I do out here in California, all of California, right. from San Diego to Sacramento. It's right. all good and everything in between. We're making big money out here. But in other states, you can use 70% in Dallas, Texas. You can use 70% in Florida. You can use 70% in Tennessee or, uh, or Mississippi. And, so, and, and it's okay because the numbers are different out there than they are out here or even in Connecticut. You've got to use uh, 80%. Uh, Washington, D.C., 80%. So certain areas where high-dollar numbers are, you've got to use an 80%. But in its purposes, for class purposes, use a 70%. So you're looking at buying this house for $90,000. Now, here, 90000 is the mail, the maximum allowable offer. What should you be offering if mail is at ninety? Right. That's what I want to find out if I want to sell it to a cash buyer or, or so, a signer. So, so you want to wholesale it, right? So the yes. question is, how much money do you want to make? I yeah <laughs> yeah, I'd like to make some money. Yeah, I. So if you I, want to make ten thousand dollars, then you need to be at eighty thousand with the seller. So you can sell okay. at ninety to the to the rehabber. Okay. All right, that's that's a good answer. My other question You're, is, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know if in California, after a seller's uh, listing expires, 
uh, would I still have to wait six months before I can actually do a term deal with the seller so there's no commission Negative. due to the realtor? realtor? Not at all. Once that listing expired, it's done. It's a wrap. It's, it's, it's free. It's free. It's open season. Okay. Okay. Because I know but, in other places yeah. they were saying, I think it was Minnesota or Minneapolis, that you had to wait six months. But I, I live in California. Like and it do, could so. be. And it could be. Like, I mean, I'm in California, and I'm a licensed real estate agent in California too. So, okay. So I know the rules of California. Now, other okay. states may vary. Other states may vary on that okay. rule regarding waiting six months. So, so whatever happens in Minnesota, all you have to do is ask the question to another local real estate agent or other investor in those cities. A closed okay. mouth don't get fed. Ask all the questions you want. Okay. Well, that's a good quick answer. Uh, mm -hmm. Can I ask one more quick question? Yes. Okay. Uh, when we do a lease option with the seller, the seller is responsible for the first 90 days once I install a buyer. But I think Ron mentioned that when, when we do a, a owner finance with the seller, uh, that we put on the that we don't state on the purchase and sale agreement to the seller that the first 30 days repairs are covered by the seller. And so, once I install a buyer, what if within the 30 days the whole AC system stops working? Would I have to pay for it if I do an owner finance deal with the seller? So here's the, here's the deal with that. So everything is negotiable. I mean, no, you can say, well, the seller's not going to be responsible for it, but what if they okay with it? You ask for what you want. You know, mm -hmm. I know 90 days, we like to try to get 90 days of no payments, right, for the first 90 mm -hmm. days. But mm -hmm. what if they're only willing to give you 30 days or 60 days? Yeah, right. I'll take something. I'll take something versus nothing. And if they're willing to, to take on responsibility for the maintenance for the first 90 days, then so be it. What do you normally right? because, do when you do a terms deal and you have an owner finance? Do you tell a seller that that they're going to be responsible for the first thirty days if there's any repairs? Is that what you do? Depending on the condition. So now this is all when you do your walkthrough. So you're doing your walkthrough. You're going to know these questions to ask when you put in your before you put your contract together. You're going to have already done the walkthrough. So you've already going to know. And this is one of the things Ron does. He does a lot of. Uh, uh, home inspections. So if you're going to be buying houses and take responsibility, you may want to have a home inspection done. I know Ron, when he partners with people, he makes sure that the student goes out and does a home inspection first and an appraisal because you want to know what is there things that you missed before you want to put money up front on this thing. So if you found during your inspection and your walkthrough before you close escrow that there was an issue with the AC system, couldn't that be a leverage in negotiating the price lower? Sure. If you know you got issues with the AC, yeah. Sometimes so it really you know, everything. Sometimes everything looks good. The AC is working, and then it just for some reason, uh, yeah. You know, it, it stops working, and now you got a tenant installed in there. And I just wondered, well, that doesn't mean I'm going to have to pay for putting a whole new AC in there. <laughs> well, and again, it depends. It depends because if you can negotiate the price of an AC system price in there. When you're buying, then maybe you consider that. But when oh, you're okay. selling it on sweat equity to a tenant buyer, guess what? Tenant buyer is taking full responsibility to put his own new AC in there. That's after 30 days, though. I was talking about within the first 30 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if it's going to go wrong, it's probably going to go wrong in that first 30 days. So you just have to be <laughs> careful and, and negotiate yeah. it. Everything is negotiable. And if you've okay. got to put a little 
So, but you don't want to be buying no new AC systems in the first 30 days. And that's no. why if you got a deep discount, let's say you negotiated $10,000 off the price because you know the AC is wrong. Well, are you taking that responsibility? Oh, yeah. If you, if you can, yeah. So if you can negotiate something up front from the seller, uh, a much lower price because the AC is wrong, remember, you, got, you already negotiated that up front to get a lower price, and then you, then you tell the tenant buyer, dude, something wrong with the AC, right. that's going to be your responsibility. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm just saying if the seller says, no, the AC is working fine, and right. I, I install a tenant buyer, and then a week or two later, boom, it, it stops working for some reason. And the know, only right reason now. why it stopped, and I tell you, the only reason why it stopped working is because you was thinking about it. <laughs> so don't think I about can't. that Murphy stuff, okay? We don't want to think bad things. We want to think the promised land. We're going to the promised land with terms. We're going we're gonna to pray the blood of Jesus over this thing that nothing goes wrong in the first 30 days, and everything's going to be just fine, and everybody's going to sing kumbaya. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks. Thanks All for right. your answers. <laughs> You're very welcome, good dear. Thank you very much for being okay. here. Be safe. All right. All right. Who do I got on the call? This is Michael from Houston, Texas. Michael from Houston, Texas, my favorite place to be, except in the summer. I've got a Roth IRA set up, a pretty house uh, LLC set up, my, and the next deal I get will title the house as a land trust. My question is, how does the money that the tenant buyer is going to be paying me go through whatever system that ends up tax-free? He's going to be paying more than what the mortgage is. Right. Where does he pay the money? He's going to be paying directly to your self-directed IRA because it's your self-directed IRA that owns that, that property. Well, the land trust officially is a title, but the IRA is the one that... Well, right. Who owns the land trust? Who owns the land trust? That's a question I really can't answer because on land trust, it doesn't really say owner. It says beneficiary and trustee, and that's all. So... A trustee is like a manager. I'm assuming right. the beneficiary is like the owner. So, and so that, how are you involved? Where, where are you in the whole scheme of things? Uh, Where's your personal name? It's not on anything that's public record. That's the point of putting the property True. in land trust. Right. So, so where are you at on the land trust? I would be the trustee for the land trust. And the beneficiary is? What's that? And the beneficiary, who's that? The Roth IRA. Okay. And so the Roth IRA, the land, to you, to, what you're trying to do is prevent yourself from self-dealing, Okay. You don't want to go to you don't want to go to IRS to have them come get you, because your IRA owns the land trust, correct? And and the trust owns the land, correct? The property. Yeah. But you're the trustee, so you're directing yeah. the trustee. So payments need to be see. So what I'm trying to figure out is make sure that you're not trying to. 
the, the, whoever pays the land trust and land trust, because you got to throw that money back to the IRA. That's the thing. Any money that's being made has to go to the IRA because the IRA owns it. That's how you're making it tax-free, okay? I would suggest you talk to your CPA or your attorney about how you have your structure set up. Who set that structure up for you? Uh, Bob Bloom. That's the person. He's my attorney, too. That's the person you definitely want to bounce that off of because if he set it up right that way, you just tell him, hey, Bob, I got my self-directed IRA here. I already got – you've already set up my – my, my LLC or my, my land trust here. So now I got this property that we're buying. So how does the money flow from the tenant paying the rent? Who's he paying what to? I would always default to what Bob Bloom said. That is the only okay. way you should go. I'll, I'll ask you, Bob Bloom and his agent rather than ask you. Yes. That. Thank you. And he's, my, he's, and he's my attorney, so all you got to do is shoot him an email. Okay, thank you. Believe me, we don't want to get yourself, because it almost sounds like the way you're in it as a trustee, that money's coming in because you're controlling the land trust, but yet the beneficiary of the land trust is the Roth IRA. Money's got to go from the tenant to how, how do you get that money tax-free, because if it's a Roth IRA, how does it go from the tenant to the Roth IRA without going through you? Because otherwise it would be considered self-dealing. I understand that, and I don't want the money to come to me. I want it to go to the IRA. Right. And right. And the IRA has some connection with the LLC that has the bank account right. set up. So I would, Thank I would you. again, I would, yeah, I hope that helped your question. I know that's uh, the long way, but the, real, the, the smart way is to ask Bob Bloom and his team about that whole thing. So I appreciate you. I uh, hope that question answered, you know, best I could. And uh, uh, stay safe. And stay cool. Thank you. Take care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Who I got on the call? Hello? Yes. I can hear you. Who's, who, who you are? Who are you? Can you hear me? Hello? Is it Beth? Can you hear? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. I want Go to ahead. know okay, I want to know what contracts are required for the first um, visit with someone when you're trying to take over payments and you want to lease option it. Okay. So where you, where are you calling from? Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, okay. I figured that's the Texas zip code eight one seven. You out there where my cousin is. Okay. So uh well welcome to the call and uh so the question is, uh, you have a um, a lease. So what is it, a lease option? Yeah, I want to do a lease option on a property, and I want to try to get someone to um, allow me to take over their payments on their mortgage. Okay. So, so you're, you're, is, this, is this property in Texas? Yes. Can't do it. Oh. You have to do what they call a wraparound, uh, what is an AITD, all-inclusive trust deed, okay? You can't do lease options in Texas. Get the law. There's another way you've got to oh. be able to do it. Right. Oh, what's the other thing called that I can do in Texas? AITD, all-inclusive trust deed. 
That's okay. how you do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bunch of paperwork you got to put together. You definitely need to consult with your attorney out there in Texas because I know Texas is an attorney state because I've bought properties in and out of Texas to the cows come home. So you got to find a smart attorney in Texas. Matter of fact, Bob Bloom's people is in Texas. Okay? He's my attorney in Texas. He's Ron LeGrand's attorney. He's the previous yeah, gentleman. There's a, his there's a horn and here so, also. Okay, good. So, so I would go, number one, uh, have, you gone, have you gone to the Quick Start School? Yes. Okay. So you know Ron talks about that. And Texas is one of those very specific places, certain things you can't do that you can do in all other states. And that's one of the right. things because, you know, Ron's the least option preaching guy to the cows come home, and this is one of the places that you can't do that, but you can do the business in a different way. And that is the AITD, all-inclusive trustee, and that's going to help you get more deals out there because right now this is a time where you can't uh, – uh, people are, are selling their houses and you can start doing things. So it's simpler to do what you're doing out here in California, um, uh, but out there it's a little bit more difficult, but it can be done. And it's, it's, I should say difficult. It's just, it's just you have to navigate yourself with the right team of people to put it all together. Right, right. So I need a purchase and sale agreement also, right? Right. Okay. All right, thank you. Okay, you're very welcome. Thanks for the call. Stay safe. All right. All right, we got this last call here coming up right now. Who's on the call? Are you okay? Say your name again. Patrick. Patrick, thank you, Patrick. Where are you calling from? Florida, Winter Haven, Florida. How are you doing? Winter Haven, Florida. I love Winter Haven, Florida. I got a friend out there. <laughs> I got plenty of friends out here. I got friends they, throughout they, the United they, States. They I have 30 years in the Army. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you for your service, sir. Hey, uh, so I want to ask you, I've asked this question of Ron twice now, and uh, actually three times, once during the quick start, and he just totally misunderstands it, and... Um, goes down a rabbit hole. So I have a, I'm going to rephrase it because I possibly have been asking a question improperly, but <clears throat> I have uh, a personal property that I never sold and um, it is now, uh, I put my mother-in-law in it. Mm -hmm. and, um, but it has got my personal name on it. And I wanted to put that into um, into a land trust or into my LLC to then put into a land trust. How do I do that? Is there some kind of form that I can just fill out and and do? Absolutely. You can put almost anything into a land trust. You can put personal property to a personal property land trust. Um, well, do I want do I want my Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do I want my LLC to own the property and then from the LLC put it into the loan trust? Uh, no. You want Okay. Do you want the LLC? You want you don't want you don't need the LLC. You can have the land trust in the name of just say the address. Whatever the address is, uh say 123 Main Street Land 123 Main Street Trust. Okay? Okay. And that's it. That's it. And then what happens is you could have that land trust um, owned by the LLC, okay, right? 
and the beneficiary of that land trust could be you or whoever you want to be the beneficiary of. Right. Because you can change the land trust name many times you want because what's going to be recorded, because the key thing is when you record the title, because you've got to change title, right, you're going to record yeah. it in the name of that land trust. So, therefore, your name is off on that deal, on that deal. And then that land trust is, is owned by it's the, whatever the address is, and it's, the land trust is owned by your LLC, okay? Say the Mickey yeah. House land, uh, uh, LLC, right? And then, you know, you could have whoever officers or whatever, you could change names on that, whatever you want. You could always change the, 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 the trustee of the land trust. The beneficiaries also okay. could be changed at all, at all times. You can change the because these are things that are not recorded documents. The only place that the name, your name, will appear or the land trust name will appear, would not be on a recorded document. It would be on your internal document in your right. safe deposit. In my file camera. And that's the way. Right. And that's how you keep yourself safe. I don't know why people come up with think they got to own everything, own nothing but control everything. And that thing, that's right. That's a right encounter. That's a right. That's a wrong question. Huh? So what's the form that I get? Is it, do you just Google land trust form and oh, download it? Yeah, absolutely. These land trust forms are all over the place. I mean, obviously, we're more <laughs> fond of going with Bob Bloom because Bob Bloom knows everything, right? You know, he's right. an attorney. To do, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you, folks, I've been doing this business 12 years, okay? 12 years I've been in the game. And I've done a lot of this stuff by myself. And I've gotten myself in more trouble than I know one he want to admit to. I just got involved with Bob Bloom, who straightened my fanny out. Y'all know what a fanny is, right? Your rear end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I Fourth point of contact. Wrong. I was doing everything wrong, Patrick. I'm dig I mean, come on, man. When what it, the old saying is, when the horse is dead, <laughs> dismount. So I had to do some serious soul searching and restructuring. Because Ron, I took Ron's class three times, structuring your empire, okay? Because if I didn't structure it right, they were coming after it. They were coming after it. And guess what? They could have had it all, and I could have lost it all. Now, like, have you ever seen that movie, The Blues Brothers? Yeah. What, what, and you know when he's in the church and the light comes in, now he sees the light? And James Brown says, yeah. do you see the light? Yes, he sees the light. And I now seeing the light because Godfather, Ron LeGrand, has shown me the light, right? And now I can get myself together with my entities properly structured so not only my kids but my six grandkids and got one grandkid on the way can live to fight another day because Grandpa Alton did everything right because of the great Ron LeGrand. And I hope you guys yeah, won't try to do it on your own and get true professional advice and don't try to go it alone because you only screw yourselves and your family trying to do it on your own. Even though you might be smart, there's other people who do this for a living every day, all day, and they do it much better. It just costs you a little money. So pay a little money well, to save your bacon down the line. I wanted to get uh, at least one deal under my belt. And I've been doing the mentoring program, and now it's almost over, and we haven't even got a deal yet. And... Um, so I wanted to get at least one deal under my belt before I paid five grand for Bob Bloom or joined the master's uh, mentor program. Five grand? What are you talking about five grand? Ain't no five grand. Oh, uh, I don't know. Five grand? It's only like I thought that's what it was. For the, 
for the whole thing. Seventeen hundred bucks will get you the Golden Gate, the Golden really? Ticket, like Willy Wonka. Absolutely, seventeen ninety-seven. I think of what it is. That's what I paid, and that thing, man. I'm t- well, that was at the summit, so I don't know now what it is, but that was at the summit. Let me tell you something. That's the best seventeen hundred bucks I ever spent, or invest if you want to call it that. Yeah. What's Bob Bloom's phone number? Woo, Lord have mercy. Uh, I don't have it off me right now, but I can tell you what. Call Global Is it on the Gold Club or anywhere I could get it? Yeah. I can call the publishing tomorrow. Yes, yes. It should be on the Gold Club. Uh, let's see. What's your name? Who, who's your mentor? Barb. Ron's sister. Oh, I'll call, I'll call Barb up and tell her. To call, I know your name. I got your name. I'll call Barbara up and tell her tomorrow to make sure that she gets you into Bob's Baloney. program. Baloney like Baloney. What's your name? Uh, my name? Yeah. My name is Alton Jones. I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof now. <laughs> like the movie. That's yeah, mine's Patrick Maloney, M-U-L-L-O-N-E-Y. You? L-L-O-N-E-Y. All right, thanks. thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, so that's it, guys. I mean, that's the uh, – let's see, what did they tell me to do over here? Uh, I'm reading my directions over here. Um, all right, let's see here. Click the button. Uh, oh, in this, in this session here. There we go. Uh, okay, guys, so now uh, I apologize again profusely. I know we're at 530. We know, we're only supposed to do this thing for an hour, but you saw that the first uh, half hour is like it was crazy. Uh, but you know what? We got through it, and nobody died, especially me. Uh, so I, I'm glad that you guys were able to uh, stay with me and hang in there as long as you did. Um, again, if you are wanting to do these things, we do this thing every second Monday of the month. and uh, You can go to Ron's Gold Club dot com to get into Gold Club if you want to participate like some of the other uh, candidates were in, and it's only fifty nine bucks a month. I think it's the best deal you could ever do uh, because you get so many great benefits from using the Gold Club. Uh, that way, you get total access to dialing in uh, to the number. So it's a pretty good deal. I've been doing it since two thousand twelve with Gold Club. I love it. I love you guys. Uh, occasionally, I get to come participate as a student and as or as a mentor. And uh, other than that. Um, again, we do this every second Monday of the month, and uh, I think that if you take advantage of it, it's going to be worth your while. I hope you learned something from it. And then I'm Alton Jones uh, from Southern California. I will see you at the top because the bottom is too crowded.